begin with Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit, or as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody say all. All were filled with the Holy Spirit, meaning all of those who were in the upper room, all of that, about 120 people, the scripture says, were in the upper room, Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus being one of them, and those who were his disciples, his followers, and those uh, others that uh, followed Jesus were in the upper room, again, about 120 people. Others were invited, but 120 showed up. So when you show up for Jesus, show up for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will show up for you. And so they came uh, to wait on the Lord, and as they were waiting before the Lord and waiting in His presence and praying and seeking God, the Holy Spirit fell on those that were there. And it says they all were filled with the Holy Spirit. So if they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, then we can all be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, it said that they began to speak in other tongues, meaning the other tongues than tongues that they have learned by their environment or by their studies. They did not learn these tongues. They were supernaturally given. We did read some of the context last week. And there were people gathered from all over the world, the known world at the time, and they were there. And as they heard them speak, because they went out into the streets and they were uh, demonstrating what was happening to them, uh, just because they were so full of the Holy Spirit, they were unashamed of the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives, and they were speaking in other tongues, and it says they heard them in their own language. Those people out in the streets heard them in their own language speaking and uh, speaking about the wonderful works of God or praising and magnifying God. And so there was a demonstration of the Holy Spirit when they were filled. And the initial sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit was that they spoke in other tongues. There were other demonstrations, of course, but the initial sign was Uh, speaking with other tongues. I'm going to give you a few scriptural facts concerning the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit. And number one, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a subsequent experience to salvation. Or being baptized with the Holy Spirit comes after salvation. Salvation is uh, is, uh, by faith in Jesus, believing on Jesus. You believe Uh, that Jesus died for your sin, was raised again, and you're saved. But being filled with the Holy Spirit is a separate and a subsequent experience. So it is a separate, distinct experience from being uh, saved or born again or receiving eternal life. Uh, We liken it, actually, if you consider uh, Jesus' examples in John chapter 4, talking to the woman of Samaria, a Samaritan woman, he said, if when you believe, then you will uh, have this well of life springing up into everlasting life that comes out of your innermost being. So, uh, it'll be like a well when you receive Jesus 
And then over in John chapter 7, Jesus stood and cried. And he said, is anyone thirsty? Let him come to me and drink. And uh, he said this he was speaking concerning the Holy Spirit. And he said it would be like a river uh, flowing out of your innermost being. So he talks about life in two ways. Eternal life, being born again, receiving Jesus or receiving salvation. And he talks about this river of life, same life, just a greater measure of it. So if you're born again, you are born of the Spirit because John chapter 3 says that that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So when you're born again, you're born of the Holy Spirit. So you have a measure of God's Spirit uh, according to John chapter 4, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. You have a measure of God's Spirit or you have a measure of God's life, but when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, which is a separate and distinct experience from salvation, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, then uh, you actually have like a river or a greater measure of God's life. So it's the same life and it's the same Holy Spirit. So if you're born again, you have the Spirit, but you can have a greater measure of God's Spirit. If you're born again, you have life, but you can have a greater measure of God's life when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit, same life, either way. You follow me? So then, it is a distinct experience or a subsequent experience to salvation being filled with the Holy Spirit. Secondly, the baptism in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit Receiving the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit are synonymous terms. The baptism with the Holy Spirit, receiving the Holy Spirit, or being filled with the Holy Spirit are synonymous terms, and they are also scriptural terms. So you could see, and we will see, some of the verses that we look at today that it will use being filled with the Holy Spirit. This one that we just read, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. But Jesus said, John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost not many days hence or after, right? So then, baptized with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, and we'll see as well, receiving the Holy Spirit are all the same experience it's just using different terminology. All right, so then thirdly, thirdly, the Holy Spirit is a gift. If the Holy Spirit is a gift, then we uh, must choose to receive him. Eternal life is a gift, isn't it? And you have to, by faith, receive uh, eternal life. The Holy Spirit is a gift to the believer, Eternal life is a gift to an unbeliever, one who is not believed, but then they choose to believe, and when they believe, they receive the gift of eternal life. So that's offered to the whole world. Anybody can receive Jesus by faith or eternal life by faith. The Holy Spirit is a gift to the believer. One who has believed on Jesus can receive or can uh, experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now, as a Christian, as a believer... You know, uh, I've seen, uh, in some cases, uh, people being exuberant and excited about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and they want to try to get people uh, filled with the Holy Spirit that have not yet been saved. Uh, I saw that back in the charismatic movement. 
uh, because people were so excited about the Holy Spirit. They wanted everybody to receive it because they had received it. But you've got to first get somebody saved in order for them to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit because the receiving of the Holy Spirit is a subsequent and distinct separate experience from salvation. But salvation is necessary, it's prerequisite for being filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? So then, to receive the Holy Spirit, you receive Him as a gift. And then number four, we receive the Holy Spirit by faith. He has already been given or poured out. The Holy Spirit has already been poured out. In this particular passage, in this uh, chapter, we see first that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say all. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Well, when this occurred, uh, Peter, who had just been filled with the Holy Spirit, saved and filled with the Holy Spirit himself, but he had been taught by Jesus for uh, three and a half years, so now he's... Uh, uh, bringing the Holy Spirit is bringing to his remembrance the things that Jesus has been teaching them that he didn't quite understand fully. But now the Holy Spirit comes on him and he stands up to preach the gospel and he takes the scripture in the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2 and he actually says, this is that. This is what Joel was prophesying. And so he explained the experience with scripture. And that's what we need to do because sometimes, you know, I've been around Pentecost all of my life and as a child, I did not understand when my mother spoke in other tongues, I didn't understand uh, what was going on and for many years didn't understand. I was exposed to it. Uh, I didn't have the personal experience myself, but as a teenager, I then uh, believed enough to get filled with the Holy Spirit, but still, no one really taught me and explained to me about the Holy Spirit and how to receive. I just sought Him and desired Him, hungered for Him, and I received. And so, they didn't teach me from the Bible. They didn't explain to me what the purpose of the Holy Spirit was, and so, uh, you can have an experience and not have an understanding from Scripture. Or you could have an, some understanding from Scripture and not have the experience. In other words, we don't want to just have head knowledge. We want to have good understanding of the Word of God, but then we also want the experience itself. But we don't want to be ignorant either. We don't want to be ignorant of the Word of God. We want to have good understanding because when you have a foundation in the Word of God, then that gives you a foundation for faith, and you don't let the devil talk you out of it. Amen. Because you know what the Bible says. And your faith is always to be based on the Word of God. So thankfully, I began to have some uh, teaching and receive some teaching from Brother Hagen as a teenager. And as I grew, then I went to Bible college and so forth, to Rama, and began to understand more and more effectively how the Holy Spirit works. Well, then the Spirit of God wants us to have knowledge or understanding that the Holy Spirit is a gift. Now, Peter stands up and he preaches and he says, this is that. This is the Holy Spirit that you just experienced. This is what is going on. This is fulfillment of prophecy. So he, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he said that, that your uh, sons and your daughters would prophesy. Your old men would dream dreams and young men would see visions and so forth. So he says, now, this is the actual fulfillment of the promise of God. 
And Jesus said, the promise, remember, the Holy Spirit is a promise. And Jesus is now fulfilling the promise, or the Father is fulfilling the promise to you. And it is fulfilled right here before you. Now, all of these people that are hearing him preach, he preaches then the gospel. He shares the gospel with them, preaches the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then we'll pick it up in verse uh, thirty. Seven. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What do we do? So they see a demonstration of God. They saw the power of the Holy Spirit on these people. They saw them speaking in other tongues. They heard them speak in their own language, their own known language. And these people, he said, they're just Galileans. So how are they speaking in our tongues, the wonderful works of God? It's a supernatural demonstration. The scripture says in Corinthians that tongues are for a sign to the unbeliever. So then it was a sign to them. And it demonstrated the power of God to them. And now Peter preaches the gospel. And they were pricked in their heart. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? What do we do with this? In other words, the word of God or the gospel should inspire action. What shall we do? So Peter then explains to them what they should do. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Well, that's what Jesus had told them. He said, I want you to uh, wait uh, in Jerusalem until you're endued with power, and then you're going to preach repentance and remission of sins. You're going to do this. Now Peter is actually doing what Jesus said they're going to do. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you're going to preach the gospel, and people are going to be saved. And you're going to preach remission of sin. So Peter's saying, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And then he says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You shall receive. So you see it's a subsequent experience. You repent, you believe, and that's part of repentance. You must believe. So you repent. And you receive remission of sins, so your sins are remitted, your sins are washed away, and then you are right with God, you're a child of God, and he said, then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is a subsequent experience to receiving salvation. Salvation is by faith in Jesus and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Receiving the Holy Spirit is simply you believe by faith that the Holy Spirit is a gift. Jesus said he would give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him. So then you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Anybody can. Anybody can receive the gift. And everybody should receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 39 It says, and the promise, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So as many as God shall call, not just you, but your children, right? Then all that are far off, down the road, generations later, all that God calls. And everyone who is saved has been called of God out of darkness, the scripture says, called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So anyone who's been called out of darkness into the light of Jesus is a candidate because they're saved, they're born again. They're then a candidate for receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
So anyone who is saved can and should be filled with the Holy Spirit. It is a gift, or the Holy Spirit is a gift that God has promised us and a gift that anyone can receive by faith. Amen. So then number five is speaking with tongues or other tongues is the initial or first sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking with other tongues is the initial or the first sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now we see that occur in the lives of these who have been filled with the Holy Spirit. First thing that happens is that they began to speak with other tongues. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they, everybody saying they began. And they began, they is understood in the verse, began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. So number six, you speak with other tongues, not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you the utterance. So what does it say again? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. So they is understood that they began to speak with other tongues. So the Holy Spirit doesn't do the speaking for you. The Holy Spirit fills you, abides in your heart, and gives you the utterance or the ability to then speak with other tongues. Now, in the book of Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians, it said, they sp- as uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, they spake in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gives them utterance in a different way. Because uh, the Amplified Bible says, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me speaks. When you're speaking in other tongues, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me speaks. So it's the Holy Spirit giving your spirit the utterance, but you have to yield to the Holy Spirit. And it is an ongoing river flow. So let's go back to Jesus' example in John chapter 7. In John chapter 7, he that believeth on me... He said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Then he says, this spake he of the Holy Spirit, which they had not yet received. So then he's talking about the Holy Spirit, and he said, it's like a river. Well, a river, for example, uh, years ago when I went to Bible college, I rented from an elderly lady. She was 80 years old. Her name was Mrs. Patton. And she was a part of a a Pentecostal denomination. She was saved. She was born again, child of God. And uh, she was part of a Pentecostal denomination. And 40 years earlier, she had actually been filled with the Holy Spirit and spoken other tongues. But for 40 years, she had not spoken in other tongues. In other words, she did not know. She had not been instructed. She did not know that she could speak in other tongues all of those 40 years. So I just gave her a few Bible verses and shared with her from the Scripture. And she believed what I told her from the Word of God. And she began to speak in other tongues. Now, she did that till the day she went home to be with the Lord. Well, it wasn't God's will for her to miss out on 40 years of experience. That'd, like, that'd be like buying a new car and never driving it. You know? You don't just buy a car to just set it in your garage. I mean, most people don't. Some people do, you know, because they got a lot of money, and they just buy a lot of cars, and they just sit in the garage and never drive them. But, you know, the truth is that the reason you have a car, generally speaking, is to actually drive it. Well, the reason you have the Holy Spirit is actually to utilize it and yield to Him so that you can, uh, you can uh, pray in the Holy Spirit on a consistent basis. And so it's like a river. If you dam up a river then it doesn't flow. 
So as a believer, you not only want to have the initial sign of speaking in other tongues, but you want it to be a never-ending river that flows out of your innermost being. So doing that on a consistent basis, and my admonition to you, and I believe the Apostle Paul's admonition to you, is to pray much in the Holy Spirit. And to do that on a daily basis. Spend time. It would sure save you a lot of headache in traffic. You know, you just pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, you know, you got to be in traffic for maybe an hour commute or a 30-minute commute. Well, instead of getting frustrated and cussing at people, you know, <laughs> pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, yield your tongue to the Holy Spirit. And I'm sure you wouldn't do that, of course. Um, you're more mature than that, you know. If you could cuss them away, you'd probably done it a long time ago. But, you know, cars don't move if you curse at them. But the Holy Spirit, listen, the Holy Spirit in you enables you to yield to God and to speak in another language that God gives you that is supernatural, that is beyond your natural reasoning, your natural understanding, and that's what occurred in their lives, and that's what will occur in your life when you yield to the Holy Spirit. And anybody can do this. Anybody can be saved, and anybody can be filled with the Holy Spirit if they are saved. So the next verses of Scripture we want to look at is the book of Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. And the Apostle Paul goes to Ephesus, and we're going to begin reading here in verse 1. Verse 1, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. So Paul gets to Ephesus, he finds some disciples, and he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Now, if you believe somebody was a disciple of Jesus, and of course he just, just has met them, and so if you believe somebody was a disciple of Jesus, uh, you know, would your next question to them be, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Well, Paul's next question to them was, have you received the Holy Ghost, what, since you believed? Well, then uh, it would show you that it is a subsequent experience because he believed that they were saved. He believed that they were born again, but we will find out that they were not actually. Uh, they were followers of John. Well, he, while he, he asked them this question, their answer was, they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. We've never even heard about the Holy Ghost. And so he, he, he commences to talk to them, and he said unto them, in verse 3, what, were you, what then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Well, the John, uh, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. And uh, G, uh, John was a forerunner of Jesus, but salvation, eternal life, didn't come through John's baptism. It was a baptism of repentance. It was a good thing, and it was a God thing, but John was a forerunner of Jesus. So Paul just takes it up from there. What am I going to do with this, he says. And Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. So John would baptize people, and he would say, Jesus is coming. The Messiah is coming, and you're to believe on him. 
because that's what his job was. He was a forerunner of Jesus. So John told them to believe on Jesus that was to come. And so they just responded. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, which implies that they believed on Jesus. They believed on him. They repented. And they believed uh, that he was the Son of God and that he died for them and he was raised again. And so they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, after they're baptized, after they have believed, Paul lays his hands on them, and the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So again, you see it as a subsequent experience, right? They were saved, they were baptized, repent, what does it say? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So they repented, they were baptized, they believed, and then Paul lays his hands on them. After they're saved, he lays his hands on them. They receive the Holy Ghost, notice the terminology, and they received him, right? And they spake with tongues. The Holy Ghost came on them. And they spoke with tongues and what? Prophesied. So prophesying is just another, another way of a, a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power and presence. So the initial sign, however, was what? They spoke with other tongues. Everybody say spoke with other tongues. So when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, people have done different things over the years. Sometimes people say, well, I just believe that I have received by faith. Well, that's good, but we also believe that when you receive by faith that you actually experience. Because in the, in the scripture, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak with other tongues. So then you have to yield to the Holy Spirit in order to speak. Because, uh, uh, you know, God doesn't just take your tongue and make it happen. You yield to him. And so when you yield to the Holy Spirit and your yieldedness to Him enables you to then speak in a language to God in a way that you could not do naturally. So they all began to speak in other tongues. When they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and the same happens to you. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you can speak in other tongues and it can be an ongoing experience in your life. Amen? Now let's go to Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10, we have another story of some people who were filled with the Holy Spirit and actually saved as well. In Acts chapter 10, we're going to go uh, to verse uh, 43. But to give you a little background on the story, uh, Peter was in uh, Joppa. We just, uh, we actually were going to visit Joppa, but the traffic was really bad right there at the end, very, very close, to, close to Tel Aviv. And uh, so the traffic was really bad, so we didn't go to Joppa on this last trip. But it was where Peter was up on the housetop praying. Well, then there was somebody in Caesarea named Cornelius. We did visit uh, Caesarea, and Cornelius was in his house praying. And while he was praying and seeking God, you know, he was, he was not even saved. He was a Gentile. He had never been saved, never been born again, never heard the word of God or the gospel of Jesus Christ. He hadn't been saved. So he's praying in his house. While he's praying, an angel of God came to him, told him to send for uh, Simon Peter, who was in uh, the house of another Simon in Joppa. So he told him to send for him so he could come and he could tell him words whereby he must be saved. Well, 
The angel didn't preach the gospel because angels don't preach the gospel. That's not their job. It's men's job to preach the gospel. So the angel told him to send for, uh, for uh, Peter and Simon Peter. And so he sent some uh, guys after Peter. And, and uh, Peter's up on the housetop praying. And while he's praying, he sees the sheet let down out of heaven of all kinds of animals. And uh, he, he uh, said, Lord, I've never eaten anything common or unclean. And the Lord said, don't call what I've cleansed unclean. In other words... God was giving him a vision that would be an illustration or an example that the Gentiles also could be saved. Well, then the Holy Spirit said to Peter, he said, there are uh, men that are seeking you. And he said, go with them, doubting nothing. And so uh, Peter obeys the Holy Spirit. He goes with them. I'm just trying to, uh, you know, make it a little brief. You know, he, he goes with them to Cornelius' house. Well, he gets to Cornelius' house, and he's a Gentile. And so uh, he's there, and he begins to preach the gospel. And as he's preaching the gospel, uh, what we're going to share with you from the Word happens. While he's preaching the gospel, the Holy Spirit fell on all of those who heard the Word. So we'll pick it up in verse 43. And to him, the prophets... Uh, give all the prophets witness, talking about witness of Jesus, that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sin. So you see the phrase remission of sin again, right? Whosoever believes on him shall receive remission of sin. So repentance, believing, and remission of sins go together. So they repent, and obviously to repent, you got to believe. Why would you repent if you didn't believe? So repentance, believing, uh, causes your sins to be remitted. So he's preaching, and he's really doing what Jesus said do, go and preach remission of sins. And he said, whosoever believes in him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. So he's, they've heard the gospel. They've heard that remission of sins could come as they believe on Jesus. And so everybody that heard the word, it says the Holy Spirit fell on those who heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. So you see the Holy Spirit is a gift and referred to as a gift, referred to as a promise. So in this case, uh, he says it was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. So those of the circumcision, Jewish people, and the church was a Jewish church. It was people who believed on Jesus, but they were all Jews. But now God wants to extend the gospel to the Gentiles. That would be most of us in the room, right? We're Gentiles, non-Jewish. And so uh, God is extending the gospel to them, and he does it supernaturally and gets Peter to Cornelius' house preaching the gospel. And while he's preaching the gospel, the Holy Spirit fell on them, and they received or was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. How do they know? Verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. They heard them speak with tongues. So they knew by this initial sign of, being, of speaking with other tongues, they knew these people had been filled with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, when he comes, when he comes on you, now this happened like really quick because while they're hearing the word, they believed and then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. 
But be, uh, remember, uh, believing on Jesus or being saved is separate from actually being filled with the Holy Spirit or receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it happens so quickly, however. I mean, he's just preaching the gospel. Holy Spirit falls on them. They get saved because they believed what he said. They believed the gospel. So they didn't wait. Well, let me pray the sinner's prayer. Peter didn't stop and say, well, let me pray the sinner's prayer with you. No. Right? He just let it happen because it happened. They got saved and they got filled with the Holy Spirit immediately. Amen. And so the power of the Holy Spirit, when he comes on you, he convicts you of sin. That's what one of the things that the Holy Spirit does. He convinces you of sin, the scripture says in John chapter 16, convinces you of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And so when the Holy Spirit comes in and comes on them, they're convinced of sin, and they're convinced that Jesus died for their sin, that their sins would be remitted if they believed, and they believed. And when they believed, the Holy Spirit came on them, they were saved, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues. Supernatural manifestation of God's power in their lives. Why? Because the preaching of the gospel brought the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit always confirms a word with signs following. And so I want to encourage you today that the Holy Spirit is God's gift to you. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I would encourage you to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. As many as desire to receive the Holy Spirit, anybody that hungers for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will fill you, and God's gift is to you. It says of them over in Acts chapter 8 that Peter and John prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Just another way of saying it, receive the Holy Spirit, be baptized with the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit comes on you, and what does he do? He fills you. Amen? And when the Holy Spirit fills you, then something's going to happen. Something supernatural is going to occur. And the initial thing that happens is you begin to speak in other tongues. And so the Holy Spirit enables you to talk to God. So if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will fill you and you can talk to God in a supernatural language given by God. Something you didn't learn, didn't figure out, didn't uh, uh, have to uh, be exposed to even. The Holy Spirit fills you and enables you to speak in a supernatural language. Then, if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, I would encourage you, utilize it. Don't be like Mrs. Patton who had not been taught and she didn't know that she could pray in the Holy Spirit all that 40 years and yet she was just unlearned. She was not knowledgeable or ignorant of the truth of God's Word. Once you know, then you can pray in the Holy Spirit anytime at your will. Amen? And so God wants you to let the river flow. And I would encourage you to let the river flow every day. Don't dam it up. Don't keep it back. Just let it flow out of your innermost being and be filled again and again over and over with the Holy Spirit's presence.